welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio. Join us each week as we delve into some of life's most complex questions. It's time to explore the unexplained with your hosts, Karen Frazier and Rick Hale. It is Thursday night, and if you can hear our voices, you are exactly where you need to be. She is Karen Frazier. I am Rick Hale. This is Paranormal Underground Radio at hazyradio.com. Welcome. Karen, how are you this week? I'm very well. I'm excited that we're going to be talking to Ben Robinson in a little bit. I am. Um, you know, n- not only is Ben Rob- uh, Robinson the founder and uh, investigator at the Autonomous Studies of the Enigmatic and the Paranormal, but he also has the most impressive facial hair I've ever seen in my he life. He has a fabulous beard. <laughs> so we'll be talking about uh, autonomous studies of the enigmatic and the paranormal as well as facial hair because I myself am growing a beard, which I call the Riker. Oh, the Riker. Yeah, the you, Riker. That's, you're you're going to be like Commander Riker, is that it? That you know what I can never be as cool as Will Riker, but I sure my beard sure will try. It's the number one. He's growing the. Oh my gosh! I just outed myself as a total geek. You did. (laughs) You you heard it here, folks. You she knew who Will Riker is, and she knew he was number one. (laughs) That's because actually that is my favorite Star Trek series. Is uh, Next Generation. You know what? Yeah, it was mine too. I mean, don't get me wrong. I liked the original Star Trek. I mean, I thought it was great. And the new movies that J.J. Abrams did were just fantastic. I don't care oh, what anybody love says. Them. Oh, loved them. Loved them. Fabulous. I love them too. But I'm not yeah. a purist. Well, know? see, now when it comes to Star Wars, though, I want. Oh well. There's... I want. <sighs> stick to canon. Those things that came out a couple of years ago, that tr- that prequel trilogy. Well, and now they've got new stuff coming out that's going to be Disneyfied, so that's going to be crap too. You know what though? What I'm really looking forward to it is the fact that um, you know they're they're all coming back, but it's taking place 30 years from you know the from the end of you know Return of the Jedi. So it's like you know it's we're we're, we're going to see where. Yeah. You know, after kicking the Empire's we'll ass out of the galaxy, we'll see what happens. We'll see. Yeah, no, exactly. uh, the 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 geeks in the house, which doesn't include me, the you know, because I actually never watched anything beyond the original three Star mm-hmm. Wars movies. Um, mm-hmm. But the dorks in the house, Jim, Tanner, Kevin, are all not looking forward to the new Star Wars, but they will watch every single one of them. Well, like I said, I'm. I'm going to see where it goes. From what I understand is, is that they're actually going to, instead of, you know, going to the Star Wars, um, uh, like the expanded universe, as they call it, which I kind of like, because I have like a lot of the comic books and, you know, stuff like that of the expanded universe. Sure. But they're going to, they're going to, they're going to do their, J.J. Abrams is going to do his best to stick to, you know, canon. Okay. Which is fine with me. again, I like the new, like the Star Trek movies a lot, so. Love them. Love them. Just, they're fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So this week you had the Oregon Ghost Conference, correct? Yeah, I was just able to go down for a couple hours on Saturday. Uh, mm-hmm. But what I, I was glad I did. We had a good time. Um, mm-hmm. I was originally supposed to host a panel and was, uh, you know, thought I wasn't going to be able to go. So turned it over to Casey Goodwin, um, who did wound up hosting the panel. And then when I 
showed up anyway, they let me sit on the panel. So that was a lot of fun. Got okay. to hang out with some of what I've decided to call the para bros. Yeah. So, yeah, Patty and I were the only two chicks on the panel. You know, a lot of facial hair on that panel because Ben was on it, Ben Robinson, who's coming on. Um, and as you said, he has a fantastic beard. And, of course, the other amazing beard on that stage, not like a beard beard, but he had a fa- the amazing facial hair, was Jay Verberg from Ghost Mine, who has, you know, tremendously wonderful facial hair. So. So I'm telling you, you know what? I mean, some guys can grow it. I'm lucky that I can grow facial hair considering, you know, the amount of Native American blood in my family that it's like my cousins, they can't. They cannot grow facial hair. So sorry about that. my mom's market. side of the family. Yeah, well, you know, I just read an article today that a study has been done and it seems that we are approaching maximum beard. And so Next. what that means is as facial hair comes back into style... Mm-hmm. It comes to a point. Well, it's when it's fairly rare, people find it attractive. People find it more attractive. You know, that's exciting. It's different. He has facial hair, but once it hits a certain saturation point, then people start to find clean shaven more attractive. And they've done studies to, that prove this. I and can. So I can we've see almost that. reached maximum beard. Oh man! See, you know what? And if it wasn't for the hipsters bringing bringing the beard back, right? we, you know, we never would have seen it ever again. I know. And Thank you, hipsters. I, you know, I've never been a huge facial hair fan. I like clean shaven or just like a little scruff. Mm-hmm. Um, not for me. I, I try not to grow my own facial hair, you know. Well, of course. But, yeah, of course. But um, but I'm, I'm more of a clean. But, you know, I, I I enjoy many of my bearded friends and colleagues. So there you go. There you have it. Yeah. You, yep. So, yep, Jamie, uh, the, the Mrs loves the facial hair. I, she will not ever let me get rid of it, either in beard fashion or goatee fashion, as long as I just don't have a mustache, because, you know, then it's like I look like a porn star from the 70s. Oh, well, my biggest issue, to tell you the truth, with facial hair has always been um, food. <laughs> I just don't know how to say it any Please other way. Please explain. <laughs> like when they eat or when they take a drink, it kind of gets stuck in that mustache and- Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, if you if you keep it nice and clean and short and even, you know, you know, the mustache shouldn't be that bad. Right. I know. Well, again, but, you know, I've also always I think all of my relationships have been with um, clean, clean shaven men or, you know, lightly mustachioed men. So <laughs> lightly mustachioed, lightly mustachioed. That's like right. his name is. Alejandro. <laughs> that, yes. No, not that lightly. It's not like they've got it waxed with, you know, <laughs> waxed in like little teeny tiny ones that look like pencil drawings or anything, but lightly <laughs> mustachioed. In other words, you know, not like the big, uh, you know, hang it down in your mouth kind of mustache. <laughs> Absolutely. So you see, the thing is, is you never know in Paranormal Underground where it is that we're going. You uh, well, we, so did, a surprise. Well, we had no clue we were headed there. No, we didn't. We really didn't. But we're we very talked sorry. That no, well, I mean, we talked. We got Star Trek in. We got Star Wars in. We got nerd stuff. We got talked about a little bit about hipsters bringing the beard back and uh, maximum beardage. So it has been a very lively first fifteen minutes of the show. It's actually only been eleven minutes. I thought that you had. Okay. Uh, did you want to tell your story before we go to break? Uh, yeah, let me just, um, you know, a lot of people know that my grandfather passed away, um, last week. Yes, very sorry to hear that. Thank you. Um, about a month ago, we got to see him. My grandfather was, uh, suffering from Alzheimer's disease. 
And it was nice, even though that he hadn't seen me in about five or six years, he knew exactly who I was. So that made me feel really good. Um, but last week when he passed away, we were out to dinner. My brother was in town, and it was me, uh, the missus, uh, her sister, and my brother. We're at an Italian restaurant, and while we're eating, all of a sudden I feel a very confused man come up behind me. And he's standing behind me, kind of like looking at like, hey, what's going on? You know, And it's like, mm-hmm. I'm like, who, thinking, who are you? And it's like he couldn't answer me. After, about 15 minutes after we had left, we were walking down the street. We're, we, we were in downtown Chicago and um, got a message on Facebook from my aunt that my grandfather had passed away at exactly that same mm. time that the man was standing by, that the confused man was standing behind me in the restaurant. Yeah, I that's, yeah. I feel like that was probably a crisis apparition because he was still confused. Because yeah. as soon as he passed, his confusion passed. Yeah, yeah, it was... Uh, it was it was weird, and uh, I mean, I I was think, thinking it's like I, I remember thinking it's like, man, would you just leave me alone? I didn't realize it was my grandfather because of the confusion, right? right. So, but it was nice that he came to visit. My, it, yeah. uh, we we also had my uncle come to visit us too about a couple years ago. He had passed away um, quite by accident, and we were talking about him, and all of a sudden, the music, um, uh, Jamie's music box in the bedroom started playing by itself. Oh, yeah. So, a lot of those uh, really interesting spiritual kind of experiences that I've had. Yeah, yeah, I get those too. A lot of the uh, the dead relatives who come by and, and see me, and um, right. usually shortly after their death. You know, my grandfather, when he died, was mm-hmm. uh, actually turning lights on and off for a while. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> and leaving pennies. That's it's nice. Yeah, definitely. And... and um, a friend recently, you know, my friend who died last summer, um, she was here for like a month just basically telling me every day to clean my house. So (laughs) that's, you know, whip up a nice meal for my family. And it makes sense. She was a home ec teacher. So, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, So there you go. Very cool. Yeah. She spent a lot of time, you know, telling me, telling me that I could do better. My closet could be cleaner, you know, things like that. And it was, it was lovely. It was lovely to have her here. So anywho. All right, so shall we take a break? Yes, we shall. All right, so let's do this. We'll take a break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking to the man with the best facial hair in the paranormal business, uh, (laughs) Ben Robinson. So stick around. We'll be right back. It's Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network. Hi, this is Cheryl Knight, editor for Paranormal Underground Magazine. And I'm Chad Wilson, Paranormal Underground Magazine's publisher. Every month, Paranormal Underground Magazine explores the unexplained by examining topics that range from haunted sites to ufology to cryptozoology. We also spotlight investigators and researchers who continue to pave the way in a field that seeks to answer some of life's most complex questions. If you want to read about topics like psychic phenomena, demonology, conspiracy theories, crystals and herbology, and much, much more, visit ParanormalUnderground.net and start exploring the unexplained today. Visit us today at ParanormalUnderground.net and get a 12-month digital subscription for 15% off the cover price. Hey everyone, it's Karen Frazier. I'm here with my co-host of Paranormal Underground Radio, Rick Hale. Hi everyone. We invite you to join Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network to explore the unexplained every Thursday night from 6 to 8 p.m. Pacific and other times in the flyover states. 
<laughs> Each week, we talk with investigators in the field, researchers, authors, and experts about topics that include paranormal investigation, ufology, cryptozoology, and spirituality. So, please join us each Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern for Paranormal Talk with great guests right here on HazyRadioNetwork.com. Do you want to keep up with what's going on at Paranormal Underground? Then tweet us on Twitter at ParanormalUG. Or follow us on Facebook at Paranormal Underground. Meet us on MySpace, Paranormal Underground. There's no need to be in the dark about what's going on at Paranormal Underground. Join us on your favorite social networking site today. Hey, this is Karen Frazier, writer and radio host with Paranormal Underground. Since I wrote my book, Avalanche of Spirits, The Ghosts of Wellington in 2010, people have asked me what happened next. In my new book, Dancing with the Afterlife, a paranormal memoir, my Wellington story continues. Dancing with the Afterlife is more than the continuation of the Wellington story, however. It's also the story of a lifetime of afterlife research and paranormal encounters. What I've learned has changed my life, and it might change yours as well. To learn more about Dancing with the Afterlife or to read an excerpt from the book, visit dancingwiththeafterlife.com. Thank you.
this is Hazy, and you're listening to the Hazy Radio Network. The views expressed and the opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Hazy Radio Network, its affiliates, or sponsors. All shows are independently owned and broadcast for entertainment purposes only. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Paranormal Underground Radio at hazyradio.com. We are your hosts, Karen and Rick. Joining us tonight is going to be the founder, researcher, and investigator at Autonomous Studies of the Enigmatic and the Paranormal, Ben Robison. And, uh, Ben, I have, I do have only, I, I have one question. When yeah. you're not hunting ghosts with a beard like that, are you like, you know, hunting and wrestling grizzlies on the weekend? Just out of curiosity. Absolutely. Why not? Right? I, I, kn- I knew it the whole time. I just knew it. Well, yeah. anyways. Bears don't have same. anything on this beard. No. Uh, it, 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 is a fabulous, it is a fabulous beard. And, you know, as a matter of fact, I know that um, I'm going to just start the interview with a question that was posed by one of our listeners who wants to know if the beard actually helps you. And I'm going let to you, let you guess which listener it is because it's somebody you know. <laughs> wants to know if the beard actually helps you in your paranormal investigation. Well, first off, I'd like to thank Patty for the Cuban <laughs> cigar she gave me. Um, <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, she hooked me up. She loves me and I love her back. Um, <laughs> as far as the beard goes... Um, yeah, there's, I think, a certain amount of, it's almost like my Thor hammer. So, you know, uh, if I'm dealing with anything malevolent, I just come in there and they see the beard and they know what's up. So, Oh, perfect. You know, I didn't know that about you. And so that's good to know because I understand that you are going to be coming up here and joining us on an investigation at one of my favorite places real soon. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited about that. Um, I've, yeah, so I've been listening nice. to your guys' podcast for a while, uh-huh. and um, and I I have to say, like uh, I've I know that there was a break uh, at you know that location yeah. for a while, and the fact that you guys are now getting to kind of you know pick back up where you left off and, yeah. and get to uh, go back there. Uh, and I get to be a part of that. Um, yes. I'm very honored. So that's awesome. Yeah, it, it's going very to be cool. a lot of fun. We're talking, of course, about the Lewis County, County Historical Museum. And we did. We had to take a couple of years off, um, not because of anything we did, but just uh, some circumstances beyond our control. And we just have gotten back in there for one investigation. And um, so the next time we go in, you'll be joining us. That's so cool. I know. It's exciting. You'll really like it there. I, I, I've had the most amazing... You've heard me talk about it on the show, I'm sure. Yes. I've just had some amazing experiences there. So, Yeah, I'm looking so, forward to that very much. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, And um, it was wonderful seeing you this weekend. We're just going to talk private, personal stuff, Rick. Your bromance is going to have to be on hold for just a minute. <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm going to sit back here and let you go for it. <laughs> no, it was great. Um, ben and I sat on a panel together this weekend uh-huh. at the Oregon Ghost Conference, and um, we actually had to have two ghost miners separating us because apparently Ben thought we were going to fight. Oh, I, I knew it. You and I just had that spunk about us that, you know, next thing people know, you'd be pulling on my beard, I'd be pulling your hair, and uh, yeah, it would be a full-on wrestling match, and for no good reason. That's the funniest That's part right. is that we but wouldn't maybe- be arguing against each other we'd be arg- probably arguing the same point, same point. emphatically you, you, know, you did that you did that to me actually um but maybe that's what people came to see but anyway i have to tell you in the panel you actually did that where you were like oh i have to disagree with karen and then you went on to say exactly what i was saying <laughs> oh that's awesome i know it was pretty good i was like all right that's, that's a, good 
that's a uh, classic case of my, um, you know, just uh, my uh, absent mind. Your beard got in the way. (laughs) Yeah, my beard. Yes. (laughs) Damn that beard. I thought it was very entertaining. So, um, Mm -hmm. so anomalous and in, wait, it's the autonomous. Right. It's a mouthful. I'll apologize. ASEP is the acronym, Autonomous Studies of the Enigmatic and Paranormal. And and, uh, I really wanted to... Yeah. What I was doing, Rick, when I went for that was uh, I wanted to see how many people would just say, ah, forget it, uh, ASEP. And and it's already happened several times, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, it's 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 better than the name of my group, which is basically just uh, Cap and McSpooky Pants and the the old weirdos. So you know, I, yeah, there you so go. much more impressive. But you you're both what, you're both autonomous, so you know you could you could do that, Rick. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing is that um, you know um, if you throw people for a loop enough, like with your you know your name there, um, you know people are just going to be stunned and be like, I just have to hear what this person has to say. That's right. <laughs> that's not really the name of my group, but I, it, that's just, you know, like, yeah. you know, the fun name of the group when people sure. ask, because it's like, I don't believe in, you know, being part of large groups and stuff like that. Yeah. So the other thing I have to tell you about Ben is, uh, along with having some of the best facial hair in the paranormal. Indeed. He is also, I believe, the perpetrator of the best paranormal photobomb I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> that was last year, right? You were that was to- last year. <laughs> Now, it was- <laughs> that was that was such a um, it was I I agree um, Joe Teeples try I think he tried to come in close second this year but forget it homie it's not happening no. Uh, no, was- although his was good yeah so Ben's photo bomb um, the ghost uh, it was pa- Patrick yeah and Jay and Jamal last year came to the ghost conference and so people were coming up and getting their paper their pictures taken with them. And there's one, and I don't even know who the group is. I don't remember. But in the it's, background, there's it's Kristen ben. Gray of Kristen, uh, right. yeah, White Light. White Light. Hmm. In the background is Ben doing this joyful leap. <laughs> 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 what you may not even notice, because I'm assuming you know most people are like, "Oh, look at that photo bomb!" Is I've got a bag of chips in my hand. It's classic. <laughs> I'm it's, just like it's a pretty darn good one. Yeah, opportunity was knocking. I was like, "Oh, right, here we go." I have a question. Okay, so uh, some of the paranormal safety girls are listening. Joni, Julie, Lynn, and Elaine want to know, since Ben is not... Uh-oh, just a sec. It just went off my deck. People text me questions in the show. You know, my dogs bark. Okay, so ben, since Ben is not a techie, does he also sense that this, and does he work that into his data set? Uh, I'm sorry, say that one more time. Well, I'm not even sure I understand the question. Since Ben is not a techie, does he also sense this, and does he work that into his data set? I don't Does he sense what? That he's good at photobombs? <laughs> Elaine um, takes me more. Yeah, yeah. We're going to have to get more from Elaine. Yeah. Um, I, th- I mean, originally the way I interpreted that was if I was sensitive and if I work it in with my tech, but I don't know oh. if that's what well, yeah, that, that, that sounds right. Answer that because you know there are in Native American cultures the warriors don't cut their hair they grow their hair long because their hair is um, se- a sensing organ right yeah so is your facial hair does that you know is that an organ of ESP for you I would love to say it is but however I have not had it like um, you know move about or oh. or give me any kind of like spidey senses oh. uh, 
Yeah, I, I would love to say that, but I, I maybe can't. it's your conditioner. <laughs> I got to switch it up. I think you might. Yeah, <laughs> the you shea might. butter's not doing it anymore. Well, maybe what you need to do is like herbal essences. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or gee, I no, gee, your hair smell. Gee, your beard smells terrific. There you go. There you go. That's that's what that, you need. Okay, that might just tune me oh right my in. Goodness. Does oh so Elaine clarified? Does he sense things? Okay, um, so I think you know uh, everybody has that ability. Uh, some of us have learned how to fine tune it, uh, and some of us have you know learned how to even recognize it in the beginning. But um, I don't. I guess I don't um, try to focus on that because I do want to take that science based approach. However. Uh, in the last couple of years, I've been really, you know, trying to uh, get a better concept and, and, and wrap my mind around my mind um, in regards to that. So that's why I've been taking some of like William's classes, you know, finding your psychic voice. Um, right. They've been very, very helpful. Um, I've I've really opened up my third eye uh, a much, you know, a lot more than it had been previously. But um mm-hmm. I don't, I don't really say that I do, but you know, when you're in an investigation and you walk into a room and you sense something very, very different there, um, yeah. I, I can't help but say that that has a lot to do with that intuition that, you know, uh, that end of me. So, um, yeah. you know, I'm sure it you- plays more in a role than I realize. I, I think it does for most people, and I also think that the more you do the investigations and the more you work with it, um, I mean, like, just even going in on, you know, the more you do paranormal investigation, the more those senses open up. Because, And I yeah. don't know even that the senses open up more, but you start to pay attention to them more. Because now all of a sudden you realize that, you know, you get that, I call it my spidey sense. You get that spidey sense hit, you know, where your beard, beard hair stands on end. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I... I remember when I kind of went through this whole paradigm shift, um, you know, I grew up very um, open to this and uh, it wasn't um, uncommon as a child to actually be out in the middle of the the night um, cruising around through, you know, graveyards and old abandoned structures. Of course, I'm sure it was no different then than now. And, and I'm sure we'll talk about this at some point. Ethically, that's not really probably the best thing to be doing. Sure. Uh, but so, as a child, that was just how I was brought up. So your parents right. were into this then? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Very spiritual in that respect. Uh, not religious per se, but uh, spiritual. And, and so, yeah. Um, you know, uh, you know, I, I was very open to this whole thing, but then you get into that whole mode as you get into being an adult that, you know, you've got a family. I was married for 13 years or 12 years and together 13 years and had kids and, um, you, you know, you get really focused. So you, I think sociologically we throw on these, uh, blinders and, and, mm-hmm. um, really get, you know, tuned into, okay, I've got to get, you know, some education. I got to, you know, secure a home and, you know, a job and all those things. And, sure. and I think that a lot of us, not everybody, but a lot of us tune out, almost throw a filter in and, 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 you know, inadvertently yep. just start blocking out those things. But, yep, I did it uh, for 20 years. Yeah. And in yeah. 2007, I really started, um, considering the the idea of actually you know uh formally investig uh 
investigating paranormal, supernatural type occurrences. And in that, I started having uh, experiences. And I can't help but think that I started opening up doors, you know, psychologically that helped me, you know, start seeing that stuff, stripping away those those filters. Uh, Case in point would be in Redmond, Oregon. Uh, We were at a roadhouse diner. And my son, you know, he's pretty young at the time and he, I had to take him to the restroom. And so we're heading there and we had never gone to this restroom before. And as we're walking across all the shell, you know, peanut shells, we're following this, um, uh, gentleman. And I would say he's probably in his late forties, maybe at best early fifties, uh, tucked in, uh, you know, uh, like plaid shirt, blue jeans, white sneakers, and we're following him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, kind of got salt and pepper hair. We bank around this uh, right corner. And then as I make it around that corner, I see him disappear through the, uh, and I don't mean disappear like, um, you know, spiritually. I mean, like he opens it up, you know, walks in just like a normal living person would do. Right. And I, I'm thinking no different at this moment. It's middle. It's about this time of day, you know. Um, and so follow him in there thinking this is multi-stall bathroom. To only find that it's a single stall bathroom and no exit door. That the door that he went in <laughs> is the only door he could go out, and he no, was nowhere my. to be seen. And well, he was as, he was as solid as anybody. Like you know, uh, so you think you know classically, you know, there's a transparency going on with these spirits, but he was as solid as they get. And he was yeah. right there. Yeah. But see, I actually, you know, when we talk to people like Barry Taff and Lloyd Auerbach, the, you know, the actual scientists who, um, who do this stuff, and people from the Society for Psychical Research and things like that, that's one of the things they say is people expect ghosts to be shadows or transparents. And a lot of times they encounter them and they don't realize it because they're just as solid as you and me. So unless, you know, he does some magic flushing himself down the toilet trick like yours apparently did (laughs) you don't you you don't realize it right yeah i I had no idea i was following the tidy bowl man uh (laughs) (laughs) you know but it was it was literally uh such a paradigm shift for me i just stood there scratching my head going wait hold hold on what just (laughs) happened this dude was right in front of me and my son and my my son even looked up at me like Where'd that man go, Dad? But he was nowhere to be found. So, you know. Um, oh. And why he's there, maybe he was hungry for some ribs or something. I couldn't tell you. Um, it, it's beyond me. So it was neat, though, to have that experience and know that, okay, hey, I am coming back around and I'm opening up these, um, uh, whatever you want to call them, doors, channels, you know, any of that kind of stuff. Um, right. Senses, you know. Sure. So how do your how do your children feel about this? Because I have a three year old, and my wife is terrified of the day that I take him out for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be well, a few years. So yeah. my ex wife and I are, are are you know still very good friends, and um, and so you know we when we were still married, and I was you know doing this, um, you know we we tried to because. You know, kids tend to, uh, you know, hypersensualize the whole thing and really get, uh, worked up and yeah. their imaginations run wild. Although it can be kind of hard to figure out what is their imagination and what is actually right. really occurring. However, right. after, um, we separated, she moved back home to her, uh, hometown 
And, um, and so I, I had went to go get my kids, uh, for, uh, the weekend and I took them actually out to Sumter bed and breakfast. Well, the conversation, uh, that my ex and I had was that, um, you know, my daughter's been a little bit struggling with some of the, the, uh, the themes that are there with regard to, uh, anything that's scary in general. And so, um, I was already like, oh, great. You know, um, this is, you know, probably not going to bode well, but, um, you know, I also believe that, um, I think all of us can say that when we had our first scary experience or ghostly or whatever it is, uh, there's a bit of you, you know, that still yearns for it to come back and, and to experience that again, because you're like fascinated, sure. blown away by it. Sure. Right? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, you know, when I started doing this at eight years old, it was like, man, after that first sight, after that, seeing that initial apparition, it was like, I just want to see more and I want to yeah. know what is this? You yeah. Know? And well, I it- honestly think that that's kind of the case even with my kids. Um, but uh, my daughter had an experience um, where uh, she felt literally somebody crawl up onto the bed at the Sumter uh, bed and breakfast and, and she could actually see the, the, the imprints of the, like whatever the weight of that individual, that spirit coming onto the bed. And then my son saw the same thing. Jay Verberg's son Ashton did, which was a full body apparition come out of kind of the bathroom area upstairs and sit in a chair across from us. And I wish for all things, I wish I had a video camera running, not because to capture the full body apparition, of course, we'd all want that. But in my case, I actually want, would have rather you seen the, the, the genuine, uh, you know, experience on my son's face when yeah. he, he leaned over and he was about, I don't know, a half a centimeter from my ear. <laughs> and he was like, dad, did you see what just came out of that bathroom? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm trying to keep calm, you know, because my daughter's right there and I just got that talking to, you know, saying, Hey, she's, you know, yeah, yeah, don't freak her out. And I'm like, what, what? So, um, I think that, you know, uh, because of their upbringing around this, they're open to it. However, uh, as I think being good parents and diligent parents, we tried to also, uh, try not to thrust them into this too much and make it um, a negative thing for them as well. So I think sure. there's a balance there. I yeah. think there's the fear and respect, which um, I think human nature just has with regard to this. But, um, you know, I think that they're very open to it. See, that's fantastic. Cool. So yeah. we, you know, sometimes, however, your children have no choice. We we moved into this house, which is haunted, when... Um, my son was in first grade and he just had to deal with it. I mean, you know, and so all I could do was demystify it for him. And now, I mean, you know, by the time he was eight or nine years old, he'd just be like, yeah, whatever. The little kid was following me around in my room again. All right. Well, how do you feel about that? You just, you just there. (laughs) And I think that's a lot of what we do uh, is that even as uh, researchers, um, when we take on cases, especially when there's a client involved mm-hmm. and there's anxiety, it's yep. letting them know, you know, let's point out the obvious here. Yeah. Uh, is this spirit attacking you, you know, doing anything? Okay, yep. I get it. You know, it's it's uneasy 
to right. uh, an uneasy feeling to see something or hear something or maybe even feel it. But at the same time, let's kind of put this in perspective. Is it hurting you? You know, and once you can break that barrier with them, I think a lot of times that really lowers it. And I think that's the case, like what you were saying with your, mm-hmm. your son and, mm-hmm. and, you know, many other children and folks. Oh, and, and with clients all the time. Yeah. So, um, one of your para bros and one of your beard bros, Michael White has a question <laughs> for you. He says, Ben, do you have any theories regarding paranormal events that suggest mass, such as leaving imprints in beds and footsteps, etc.? No, I wouldn't say I have a theory, uh, per se. I just, uh, I think that, you know, um, it's it's, uh, energy and it's will. uh, It's intelligent. So, you know, like, we'll take my daughter's uh, experience, uh, for example. I thought it over you know, a fair amount. And I thought, well, uh, what was this spirit doing? Maybe it realized my daughter was a very pretty girl and wanted to sit down and chat with her. It could have been, you know, uh, a mother figure of its own or just somebody who worked with children and, you know, wanted to sit down. Now, as far as the imprints and, and, and all that kind of uh, thing taking place, um, that's where our it's our job now to try to figure out how does this happen? You know, when a a spirit from the other side can actually physically uh, manipulate um, this side of the ether, you know, right? Uh, I think that's very fascinating. Um, And that's where we still got a long road ahead of us uh, for figuring it out. Yeah. And I wonder, I wonder about that. Like, you know, some people will do like the baby powder trick. Mm-hmm. where they put the baby powder down for footprints. How can something that has no mass leave footprints? And I had, you know, the experience when I lived in my apartment when I was in my 20s where the thing would the thing, the guy would come and he would sit down on my bed and the bed would depress. The bed would actually like somebody was sitting on the bed next to me and when he would whisper in my ear, the hair would flutter. How does that happen? Right. Well, it, I think it kind of goes back to, uh, if you remember on the panel, Jay brought up, uh, you know, E, e equals MC squared. It's yeah. the whole mass and energy thing. So yeah. um, I do believe that uh, our good old buddy, you know, Albert, um, you know, Einstein was onto something there sure. that, in fact, there is a measurement there. And I don't know, I can't remember if it was on the podcast Casey and I had done with Jay later that conference, or if it was during the, um, the panel that Jay brought up, uh, how, um, there was a particular person and it fails, uh, to, uh, reveal itself at the moment to me, but there was this particular person who had done a study on the weight of our soul. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I I actually wrote an, I wrote an article about that one time. Okay. Yeah. He, he weighed bodies, um, like at, right before they died and then at the moment of death right and it was like i mean the weight of the soul was something like 0.002 or i mean it was yeah. some really minor amount that's a fascinating study it is it is yeah. very much um, yeah. so you know i mean i i wish i had some awesome stellar answers you know with regard to how that kind of stuff happens but um you know i always thought about um you know what what happens uh when you really tick off a spirit and they're like i want you to shut up but you can't hear me or at least you're not listening 
and they, they throw do something, something at you. <laughs> right. I would and, say, and it's not an attack. It's communication. Right. I mean, the yeah. same would be if if we were in a room, right? Say me, you, and you know, Rick are sitting in a room, and you're trying to talk to me, and me and Rick are just straight up in a bromantic conversation, and you're like, dude, would be. shut up. Yeah. He'd be stroking your it, it could happen. and looking into your happen. eyes. Yeah. It could happen. And, <laughs> and finally, you decide to throw a shoe at us to shut us up. I mean, that just happened, and it, we were living, so why yeah. not, sure. uh, you know, from a spiritual yeah. level? Um, well, I was investigating the Slocum House. It was a theater at the time uh, in downtown Vancouver. It's a very historic location, and I uh, actually investigated it several times. And one of the very last times I got to investigate it, before the theater company uh, was evicted, essentially, um, we were up in the uh, the Widow's Walk area, and I decided this was a mistake all the way around on my end, um, so I have to own that one. But I told my crew, I said, all right, let's you know head back to command center and take a break. Go ahead and shut everything off. Well, what did I do? I continued you know, um, talking and doing whatever. And they made it down into the second story and they were waiting for me. And I'm sitting there with my feet dangling through the, it's kind of like this open hatch, you know, it's kind mm-hmm. of a rectangle uh, shaped hatch with mm-hmm. a custom ladder, right? Coming out of it. Well, I'm up there and I'm looking around with my flashlight and I'm saying things. And, um, finally I think I pissed him off and, um, and uh, Mr. Slocum, I think, slammed that that hatch against me, and it, it was at an opposite <laughs> angle from me. Ow. <laughs> and he hit me really good with that, and I was like, "All right, all right, you got my attention. I get it." You know, so um, you know, there's see, those- but that's that's important. You bring up a good point. So message received, but so many times I I see this on investigations, and it's actually something that bothers me. People go into a room, and they say, if you don't want us here, just give us a sign. And they get the sign, and then they continue. Don't promise something, like say, we'll leave if you just give us a sign that you don't want us Mm -hmm. here, unless you actually plan to leave when you get that sign. And and I don't know what you're you're, uh, exactly referring to, but the people I've worked with, if we got a really definitive sign, like, you know, we weren't sitting there going, well, wait, was that the house creaking or whatever? We would honor it because I agree. I agree with you. That's, it's it's got to do that. Yeah. It's it's not my team, but I have, you know, I have seen other people do things like that. Yeah. If you want us to leave, just slap one of us in the face or, you know, I mean, just silly stuff. But then if that happens, get up and leave because you got to be good to your word. Yeah, you have to you have to hold your uh, your word and 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 honor the things that you do because again, if you're dealing with um, intelligent entities, um, they're going to recognize that and be like, "Why would I continue talking with you? You're just going to keep doing, you know, the opposite." Absolutely, it's just like it's like you say if you and I were sitting in a room and I said, "Ben." If you'd like me to leave, just tell me. And you said I'd like you to leave, and then I sat there and continued to try to talk to you. That's just I, rude. That's just rude. Right. So, yeah. I would just be like Karen to do that. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm just Karen, she's such a sweetie. Yeah, right. I am. I'm very nice. I don't know what she you is. two are talking about. <laughs> All right. So I have, before you ask the question that Chad has, Rick, I have one from Elaine that was texted. Go she right wants ahead. to know if you have any idea why bathrooms are hot spots. Um, 
I I do have ideas. Um, I think a lot of pondering happens there. Um, it does in my bathroom. That's what that's where I'm going with it. Is that <laughs> only speaking because I've never sat down and be like, hey, buddy, uh, why don't you tell me what you're thinking about why they're on the pot? Um, I don't do that, but I can tell you from my perspective. Many and many a thoughts have crossed my mind and very heavy things, whether good or, you know, um, not so good. Um, I've had to, you know, think about it. I'm trying it's... so hard not to visualize it. Go on. <laughs> just imagine me stroking my beard. Um, <laughs> I just, uh, I think that as a lot of emotional, um, you know, um, weight, I was, is, I thought is, you were going to say a lot of emotional shit comes up in the bathroom. <laughs> well, and there's that too. I mean, <laughs> that I wanted to say that, but um, you can. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I would say on my show, but um, right, well, you can say it on. We we only have one word that we're not allowed to say on this show. And Karen sure. is the only one that's ever said it. Uh, other Uh-oh. than Zach Bagans. Other than Zach Bagans. Oh yeah, Zach. Yeah. Man. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, you guys will act- have to share that one with me offline. It's, I'm not it's, privy. It's the F bomb. I accidentally oh. dropped an F bomb on the air one night and was just horrified by myself. I was, like, <laughs> so yeah. I was giggling like a supervillain on the inside. <laughs> yeah, I've seen your post, Rick. I know you're not offended by it. Uh, <laughs> nope. <laughs> um, anyway, so back to the bathroom. Yeah. So I mean, I think what happens with people is that there's a lot of, you know, well, think about this, mothers in general. Oh my God, the the, uh, the amount of ghosts that could be, you know, potentially left in a bathroom just from the maternal spirit alone. Moms trying to escape from their damn kids, you know, they're like, "Give me a minute alone," and they lock the door and they're in there going, "Oh my God, why did I do this?" You know, um, I think that's uh, I think that might be a big reason why there's uh, a hot spot with the the you know latrine. You know, I never really thought of it that way before because on investigations, I've had lights click on and I've had other things happen while in the bathroom. And oh, I'd have to say that's a the bathroom, dude. Oh, oh, well, uh, yeah, yeah, of course it does. But I mean, I've never really thought of it that way before. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, I can think of I can, most most places where I've been on an investigation, the bathroom is one of the spots. It's like, so do you get like creepy things? But I also have another theory about that too. Bathrooms all have, aside from toilets and showers. Every bathroom has a mirror. Oh, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. See, I didn't think about that, too. Yeah. Hmm. So I, I actually wonder if mirrors have something to do with that as well. Because, you know, um, people, a lot of people feel like mirrors may, you know, be somehow conducive to the paranormal stuff. So Portals yeah. or gateways. Yeah, yeah. something. Something. So, um, Rick, there was a question that you had you were going to ask, right? Yeah, there was a question uh, from Chad, and he asks, excuse me, um, well, he says, ask him if he has had any UFO activity associated with the paranormal. So, uh, high awareness. Um, I, or high strangeness. High strangeness. My my bad. Um, Yeah, uh, I would say um, I haven't had anything that I could really associate on that level. I've taken on cases where the client's, claims were it seemed like they had something that was supernatural in origin and then something that had something to do with ufos or aliens as well um so the the closest thing i could actually tell you that i had uh was about a year ago and it was actually a personal experience of myself right here in my apartment and i was sleeping 
And in the middle of the night, I woke up and my body felt like um, there was this almost like electrical charge, you know, going through it. And because yeah. I've taken on cases where the same claims have had, you know, um, had been, you know, noted, um, I worried about it being something more biological uh, than anything. But the other things that stood out in this was uh, I didn't feel alone in the room. I And I started levitating actually off my bed. I would Whoa. say no more. Yeah, no more wow. than like six inches. And I could actually see in the peripheral of my eyes, uh, I think about three entities standing in my bedroom. Oh. And they were very hmm. slender, very dark. And uh, my body started turning. So, like, you know how you lay in a bed normally. So, my body started turning. So, I was laying across the bed, except about right about where my hips were um, was the edge of the bed. So, here my legs are actually dangling off the side of the, the bed. I even posted this on Facebook. My dad's a long-time uh, ufologist, and we talked about it in depth. But um, I felt like what was going on was I was being examined. Um, hmm. And... So and Go ahead. An actual abduction, then. I don't think I went anywhere, though. I don't. I see. I. I don't think that I left. I. I always felt like I was right in my room, and nothing. You know, no. No part of me was anywhere else. I felt like they were just there, kind of examining me, and maybe they were like, "Yeah, nah, let's move on." <laughs> I don't know. And uh, decided so to use you, the bathroom. I mean, the obvious, <laughs> the obvious question is how how do you how can you be certain that's not a dream? So I don't. Yeah, that's the, yeah. Um, the thing that I, I I struggle with being the skeptical, uh, you know, individual I am as well is that I I am challenging myself. You know, okay, Ben, how do you know this wasn't one of those um, those really you know uh, vivid dreams, lucid dream even, um, and. Um, I guess it comes down to, like most of the clients we run into, I'm just as much in the same boat as them. I truly, in my heart of hearts, do not feel like this was a dream because when I uh, came to, um, I was uh, sitting there and I could still feel the buzzing in my body, but it wasn't like I've, I've had a bad back off and on all my life. And I know what it's like when you have a pinched nerve and it gives that same kind of feeling. Oh, right. Yeah. This yeah. was different. It was just so different. It was almost like there was a heat involved with it. And, um, for, you know, just, it just was so different, I guess. I, 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 I failed to be able to explain it better, but, um, and not only that, it was just you, the same thing. Your spidey senses knowing something was in your room. Uh, no, I, I get it. Yeah. Sometimes you just know. And not only that, but it sounds like it had the, you know, like it was very vivid, like a real experience as opposed to that kind of weird dreamy thing. Right. And yeah. and here's the other thing to note. Um, I've had a friend of mine who also is a psychic and uh, my girlfriend uh, who, you know, lives here with me. Um, they've all sensed things. Um, my, my girlfriend's not psychic per se, but she has had experiences already just in this, this bedroom. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I bet she has Sorry. <laughs> more than you want to know, buddy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those deals where I think other people have picked up on it and they, they know something's, 
you know, strange happening. But sure. um, back to the, you know, the original question, I I can't say I've uh, worked a case yet where there's the high strangeness uh, factor uh, going on. Yeah. Okay, so uh, okay. let's do this because uh, we're just coming up against the top of the hour. We need to take a break. You can stick around for another half hour, 45 minutes. Of course. Okay, perfect. So here's what we're going to do, everybody. We're going to take a break. Um, you know, listen to a few advertisements on this here radio station. And when we come back, we'll still be talking to Ben Robison. This is Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Chuck. Come join me on my new show called In the Dark Radio. From topics such as ghosts, cryptids, UFOs, and more, this is a show you don't want to miss. So stay tuned right here on the Hazy Network from 11 p.m. to 12 a.m. Eastern, right after Paranormal Underground. And let's keep the radio rolling. While cutting molding with a 12-inch dual compound miter saw, while holding a newborn baby in your arms, when face-to-face with a congregation of alligators, with the ball in your hands and the entire freaking season on the line. There are a million places you'd never consider texting. So parents, why would you do it while driving? NASCAR driver Casey Kane here, in the asking you to please stop the text. And together, we can stop the wrecks. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Get the message at stoptextstoprex.org. Hi, this is Cheryl Knight, editor for Paranormal Underground Magazine. And I'm Chad Wilson, Paranormal Underground Magazine's publisher. Every month, Paranormal Underground Magazine explores the unexplained by examining topics that range from haunted sites to ufology to cryptozoology. We also spotlight investigators and researchers who continue to pave the way in a field that seeks to answer some of life's most complex questions. If you want to read about topics like psychic phenomena, demonology, conspiracy theories, crystals and herbology, and much, much more, visit ParanormalUnderground.net and start exploring the unexplained today. Visit us today at ParanormalUnderground.net and get a 12-month digital subscription for 15% off the cover price.
Hi, this is Hazy, and you're listening to the Hazy Radio Network. Hey everybody, welcome back to Paranormal Underground Radio at hazyradio.com. We are your hosts, Karen and Rick. Uh, first 45 minutes, we have been talking to Ben Robison, and uh, Ben is joining us for a second segment. So, uh, Ben, thank you so much for sticking around. Hey, I appreciate you guys having me on. Excellent. A lot of fun. So, hey, I have another question from the Paranormal Safety Girls. Elaine wants to know, um, and it's not about paranormal safety, after your alien experience, did you change anything in your life? Ooh, that's an awesome question. Isn't that a good um, question? That's a very, very good question. Oh, boy. Um, chronologically, let me think here. Um, you know, I think... Um, I think what happened was I was on that uh, that cusp of uh, my divorce um, finalizing, um, uh-huh. and, you know, and, and even though it was amicable, nobody enjoys a divorce, you know. That's no, just, they're uh, not fun. No, and so I think that that may have been a big weight. So yeah, um, Elaine might be onto something there. Hmm. Um, so interesting. Who knows? All right. Maybe. So I know. Um, Rick, Rick's obviously been on your website because he wants to ask about some of your theories. Yeah, you know, and, and, and Ben, you know, we, we were talking about a little bit earlier in the week, but the one theory that really um, interests me is the SERM theory or the spectral emotion to radio frequency manifestation theory. Um, that, like the name of your group, is quite the mouthful. Can you tell I us a little bit about ben, that? Ben digs those hard to, hard to wrap your mouth around with. Like it's, uh, really? Yeah. I just I'm all about screwing with you guys. Um, there you go. <laughs> so the CERM theory uh, is actually based on the fact that, well, let's 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 even put it this way. I've done many different jobs in my life. It's mm-hmm. so fascinating to me that being a, a a shelf stalker at a grocery store, or a landscaper, or sometimes a part time uh, electrician, things like that, and then being in the telecommunications field in general. All sure. would come together and play such a vital role in my uh, my research in this field. Almost like it was that way by design. I think it really was. I, I think it right. was too. Yeah, I, I, I believe that that happens in our lives. But go on. So the the CERM theory was born from my um, my background in telecommunications. I've been in telecom for you know. Um, you know, since 98, I'm not even going to try to do the math just now. Uh, and and so I sat down and I started thinking about it. We were using all this equipment, and each piece of equipment had a frequency range. Everything was based on frequencies. Mm-hmm. And, and then I started thinking, well, why is it then that, for the most part, um, we, uh, you know, are only getting snippets of answers. You know, like you can ask uh, a very uh, detailed question and not get but a fragment of maybe a response, you know, mm-hmm. in that. Sure. Mm-hmm. And then uh, that just kind of made me, you know, it just spiraled and I kept researching, researching. And in doing this, uh, I came across uh, some very, very interesting data. Uh, apparently, we figured out that the human body overall has its own frequency and when you get upset when you get older sick when you get happy you name it um your frequency changes Mm -hmm. 
So I started. Well, hypo- or when you when you um, do things like meditate. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Uh, I started hypothesizing. Uh, you know, there's a there's a maybe a, a connection here uh, where uh, when we ask questions, because think about some of the questions we're asking these these uh, spirits. We're asking sometimes very personal things yes. of them, yeah. and that can evoke that emotion. So, right. what if, in fact, when they're they're responding to us, their emotion goes outside of the frequency range of the device that we're actually using? Therefore, oh. we're only getting a snippet of what they're saying. Because, you know, you could sure. ask me, how did you feel about your divorce? And I could start off saying and being more in a, a, a sad place. And then now I'm here, I'm at, you know, in 2014 in a more happy place. And I can, and I could, you know, have changed my frequency overall in, in that whole statement. So that's the, the, the foundation of the theory is that the these spirits that we're um communicating with are actually probably changing their emotion and their response and in turn it's probably going outside of the range of the equipment we're using for example your olympus uh you know digital audio recorder or mm-hmm. your your infrared you know sony handycam those all have a frequency range based upon you know what it can record in and that's right. where people also get sure. confused is that your camcorder can record from this megahertz to this megahertz, but yet then it's also introducing infrared, which we also know, it, you know, is a portion of the light spectrum and it has its own frequency range. So, right. you know, I started thinking this might actually have a lot to do with why we're not getting full responses to uh, questions from spirits because we don't have a piece of equipment that can go from a to z the you know the bottom of the barrel to the top of the ceiling so could somebody design that sorry rick no go ahead sorry i mean is that is that is it possible to design a piece of equipment that broadens that frequency spectrum so that it can pick up more well we're at a place now technology wise that um we can actually start doing these things. We can marry several pieces of technology and have a master motherboard uh, to collect data and put it all together and seam it together so that way you can do it. We're doing that already with many things out there. Mm-hmm. So um, it's just that it hasn't happened yet in this field. Um, whether or not I ever get around to you know, diving into that myself... Um, you know, uh, I hope I do, but if somebody beats me to it, I don't care. It's, it's all about, uh, moving this field forward in a positive light and, and helping us, you know, get those answers we're all seeking. Sure. But now, do you think that this could also explain psychic ability as well? Um, you know, we, we don't have this Mm -hmm. technology, but it would seem that there are people that have a natural ability to tap into these frequencies. Yeah, uh, I think that that uh, taps somewhat into the whole other theory, which is the universal mind theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, my favorite. Yeah, it, yeah, it's it's kind of um, as I've gone along, I'm seeing a lot of uh, parallels between them. And so, what I think is uh, possible is that the folks that 
have uh, these these uh, abilities, whether it's you know clear audience, clear cognizance, clear sentience, you know, you name it, mediumship. Um, they're able to tap into a particular end of that frequency, and therefore it's like they're a radio. They're tuning themselves right in mm-hmm. to the station of that particular uh, you know spirit or spirits, mm-hmm. and. And, you know, but it's kind of like a two-way radio, not just your standard, right. you know, AM, FM radio that we're just listening and we can't interact back. So right. I think that's where the universal mind theory piece comes into play is that um, that's where folks who have these abilities can commune or that even folks like myself who don't claim to be able to commune. And since, like, you know, folks like Karen and, and, and others out there, um, you know, they can, uh, I can, from time to time, you know, tap into it. And I think a lot of times it's not even something we know that we're doing. We just, we happen to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, but that universal mind theory is is this whole different conglomerate. It's like this... Um, you know, as I said in my presentation this year, it's kind of like cloud computing where you can have the spirits, you know, uh, access it and manipulate, change things, you know, do what they got to do. And that means, you know, whether they speak back to you in a different language, um, right. you know, that wasn't even their native tongue because no longer that's that's the challenge. It, I, I really wanted to get visuals of like uh, Neo in the chair in the Matrix, where he's got the <laughs> thing plugged into the back of his head, because I felt like that was a really good yeah. example yeah. for them. It's kind of like they're plugged in and they could say, "I want to learn Chinese," and they're like, "Bam!" All of a sudden, they're like, "Qingdao," you know, or you know, I always whatever. think it's like the uni- yeah. like the um, the translator pins on the Star Trek uniforms. Oh God, I outed myself as a geek again. <laughs> Twice right, gotcha. in one show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just for the record, when I said Qingdao, that's actually my favorite beer. Um, oh, yes, it is. I used to have yeah. a teddy, a jute teddy bear that was a Qingdao beer, teddy bear. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. That's the only word I know or phrase or whatever. Perfect. I know. Yeah. I think it stands for good beer. There you go. I have a I question from chat. Had. Laura Arlene wants to know, can they tap into person's feelings? I think can. so. Yeah. Because again, if you think about it, right, we're talking about the spectral emotion to radio frequency. Mm-hmm. So if in fact um, I'm upset or I'm very concerned or I'm saddened by something and a spirit feels drawn to it, um, uh, I, I, I can't see why they couldn't uh, sure. tap into it. Think about it this way. How many times have you walked in the room and you're like, oh, no, yeah. somebody's pissed <laughs> off. Right. That, I think, is our ability to tap into that frequency. And that's how you know when you're in a lot of (laughs) you're in deep shit. And um, and I think that all, again, comes into play with uh, some of the fact that uh, we it's hit and miss with our interactions with spirits from that other side of the veil. Right. Well, with apologies to Rick. um, Okay. Who's going to now curl up in the corner. Oh, I'm going to no. ask. A, yeah, I know. Okay, so um, the universal mind theory, do you think that that ties into the um, the field, you know, the quantum field that they talk about, a uh, zero point field? Um, I am 
I, I'm not honestly sure. And the reason why I say that is because um, I don't know if with regard to the universal mind, there is um, just a strong enough correlation to that, um, the quantum, you know, physics and things like that. Uh, and not only that, um, I, I just don't know if there's there's a connection that 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 um, bridges the two together. But okay. I will I will add to this by saying that this is one of the areas that um, I'm kind of starting to delve into and learn a little bit more about. And I mm -hmm. feel like um, I could be speaking a little bit uh, ignorantly and and my knowledge of it too. You know. Oh well, you. Sometime you and I can sit down and talk about it because hey, it's I'm one of my one of my things that I'm really interested in is is I believe that quantum physics is moving and I believe quantum physics and like spirituality religion stuff are moving to the same answers from different directions. Right, so. and I've read I've read and and done a little bit of research about that. Mm -hmm. Obviously, when it got into the real um, you know technical end of it, um, it lost me a bit because I'm yeah. just not. It, you know, is um, you know, it knowledge in this area. Yeah, yeah, it does. And that. that's why that's why I kind of him and haw a little bit mm -hmm. about my response. But I I think you know um, I, I see a lot of that going on, mm -hmm. and it's just a matter of um, learning more about it. I just mm -hmm. haven't seen anything that popped out for me that said, okay, yeah, I think there there is uh, something to connect the two very much. Okay, so I want to talk to you about some of the research that you've been doing because I know that you have been working with um, Michael White at uh, PRI. PRI, mm -hmm. is that right? Yep. And you and he and William and Jay, you've been doing some experimenting, haven't you? We have. So tell me about that. Tell us, tell our listeners about that. Well, I'll have to kill you after I'm done, but it's that's okay. okay. Oh, that's yeah. a lot of people to kill. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's a lot. Um, so... You know, we uh, first off, I'm going to say Michael White is a very brilliant man, and he yes. downplays himself all the time. And I'm getting kind of tired of it because um, he is an amazing person, yep. and uh, he just needs to, you know, wake up and realize how awesome he really is now. And his contributions to what he's doing is amazing. Absolutely, yeah. And that's why I was sold from minute one when I first heard him talk um, years ago at the first. Oregon, uh, you know, ghost conference. Um, I was hook, line, singer. Talk about a bromance right there. I was like swooning. Yeah. I wanted to be his groupie. So, oh, see, there you go. He's, he's a good person to groupie. You, yeah, that's fine. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, um, he has been trying to figure out where we come in play. And when I say we, uh, the investigator or researcher, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's one of those deals that, um, he um, is wanting to try to clean the the um, slate a bit, so we're working from the best um, foundation possible. And mm -hmm. what he believes is happening, or he wants to test out, is that uh, the human living soul, you know, is coming into investigations and uh, influencing, or manipulating, or projecting things into that and therefore we're getting 
in in the essence uh, false positives. So uh, I actually oh. believe that happens a lot. Yeah, I, I really that. do too, and mm-hmm. that's why I was so on board with his experiments. Is that um, you know he wanted to you know take it to that level and say, okay, what you know what are we doing? What are we bringing to this table? And um, you know, kind of you know fooling ourselves. So what I like about it though is that. He's bringing people like Ellen and William in, and they're playing roles in this. So we have folks who have, um, you know, uh, psychic abilities who are able to uh, sense or see things or hear things that uh, folks like myself don't really, you know, are, are not in tune to. But then at the same time, we're, we're kind of like fusing uh, the psi into things with, um, you know, science and yeah. uh, seeing what our outcomes. Now, the the thing to remember here is that we have to do this. We have to rinse and repeat many, many times so that way we get any kind of trend or any kind of um, averages and things like that so that way we have, uh, you know, uh, a good amount of data to go off of. And right now we're kind of in those early stages. So are you, uh, wait, are you trying to say that science is not accomplished in two hours? <laughs> Absolutely not. Oh, man. Oh, man. And I'm Crap. sorry, the folks that are, um, you know, buying that that line, um, please don't, because it's it's such a farce. Um, it is. It yeah, is. you know, I love science, don't get me wrong. But I, I know, like I told you, I started off, you know, as a child, I had my experiences. Science, for me, wasn't even anything that I could even... Uh, appreciate or even understand so you know children that are uh, unbiased and uninfluenced at that early stage and yet they're having those experiences that's why when when like michael and i and you know uh, others were talking about this i said okay think about this we can you know because some of the worry was uh if we ever figure this out it's going to lose lust you know for a lot of people i get that However, there is so much that no matter how much you scientifically um, prove it or disprove it, uh, that we cannot even touch at this point in time and probably never will. Mm -hmm. That is the piece to why um, I believe so much that, um, you know, in supernatural phenomena, uh, you can't you can't go that far back in time. And say that um, folks who didn't have, you know, computers and cameras and things like that and, and recording devices uh, could have anything to do with it, uh, you know, influencing themselves or, or playing a part, I guess. Um, but anyways, yeah, it's it's um, I really think uh, a matter of us just kind of going through this uh, this these experiments i'm actually working on a new one right now but i can't say anything because it's you can tell us later yeah right yeah yeah Yeah. and then i'll really have to kill the record well and the thing with (laughs) the thing with the sciences is that and and you know i don't want you or michael or anybody else to take this the wrong way but science is not sexy you start with something very small and you have to take these little baby steps to work your way up to even a testable hypothesis. 
Sure. And so, and, and I so, like how you put that. It's it's not sexy. It's it, um, it's it's fascinating, but it's not sexy. It's work. Yeah. <laughs> and it's tedium. It's it's so much work, and um, sometimes, mm-hmm. um, you know, the truth be told, uh, you know, most of us folks um, are not cut out for it because of the fact that it's it could consume you uh, all day, every day. Yep. And uh, and that's why scientists, you know, have to make this a job and walk away from it at yes. some point because it would consume them, you know, mm-hmm. completely. So. Well, and that's why you will never, ever hear me say, and I think I said this in the panel, too, you will never hear me say that what we're doing, what I'm doing is science. Ever. It's research. Right. But it's not scientific research. And and what I try to carefully word is that I'm doing science-based um approach i am not a scientist um and that you know um as much i my favorite theory or my favorite daydream is i wish i was um uh paul allen or or uh you know bill gates or somebody and uh, you know i i know everybody's got their fight in life and their 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 purpose and you know they have their foundations and all that and don't get me wrong we need those however if I was rich like that, my cause, my fight would be going to places like the Hot Lake um, Resort or uh, the Sublimity House in Sublimity, Oregon, and places that I've come across, and I would build a lab around it. With all my money, I would build a lab, and I would hire the most renowned uh, scientists to come in there and help me study the phenomena that people claim. And then I would yeah. bring groups in there so we could study them as they're doing it. So we could actually show them and everything would be recorded from, you know, a jillion angles. Right. Right. Uh, right. And that would, that's my, my daydream that I wish I could do. That would be really cool. So, um, you mentioned that, that one of the things that you have been working on with, with your para bros is, um, sort of sorting out how much the investigator actually brings into their experience. So how do you remove those um, potential biases before somebody comes in to investigate a location? Because let's say, for instance, um, somebody calls my team in. Mm Mm-hmm. My team goes in knowing that there have to be, and you know, we talked about this, that we send what Michael calls the trusted agent. We send the one person in to get the full story. Right. And um, I go in, and then Patty's the one who has the full story, and then I go in blind and do the walkthrough and give my story to Patty, and maybe Ellen um, flies in and gives her story to Patty. And by flies in, I mean she remotely views it. Right. Um, I just thought I'd better clarify that for listeners. And then, and then the team comes in. But even knowing this, now the team, you could say that I'm going in without bias because I know nothing, but I know that we've gotten that call. So I do know something. So how do you remove that? Well, I mean, that's, um, you know, I think honestly, to a certain extent, you can't, Um, especially from a a team uh, perspective, um, you know, because somebody has to know something. And uh, the the best you can do is it's kind of one of those things that's practice, mind over matter. You got to keep trying to work at it to play. It's the same thing we face with pareidolia. 
we have to keep putting ourselves in check constantly. Am I, you know, dealing with uh, acoustic pareidolia, visual pareidolia, you know, things right. like that. Those are all pieces that uh, are, um, you know, we have to fight all the time. We're challenged with it. So uh, on this level, I think it's really no different. It's just a matter of cognitively uh, taking that, you know, uh, step and maybe putting in something in your process to, to regularly, um, you know, uh, put yourself in check, I guess. I mean, there's no, again, there's no science with that even, you know, uh, in its own and mm -hmm. we're doing the best we can. It's a best effort mm -hmm. kind of deal. Right. It's, it's, it's so, it, it frustrates me. Don't get me wrong frustrates me because i'm such a, a a person of like um i like having structure and i like to be able to say on and off right mm -hmm. but sure. here i find myself in the field that has no really on off going on and that makes it very challenging uh for us because you know we're trying to uh give ourselves you know um uh, empirical, you know, evidence that helps support uh, what we believe in. Mm -hmm. Sure. You know, I wanted to go back on to um, about about you know S S E R M and um, you know, something I asked you about sight, you know, the psychic ability. But I think even more so important is: do, do you think that there is because of these radio frequencies? There's there's a lot of muck that's in the air. Um, you know. <laughs> Stuff from it's like just, it's just pollution. Yeah, like, like pollution. you know, like yeah, like 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 radio pollution and you yeah. know, pollution of signals. Do you think that this is you know could make you know spirit manifestations um, a little bit more difficult? Or at or at the psychic side of, it, I was asking you about Daniel Douglas Hume, which was you know probably the Jedi master of psychics during the Victorian right. era. Do you think this is why we don't see these kind of psychics? anymore it's very oh, possible that's a good question yeah it is a, it was a great question um and yeah i think it's very possible i think uh, a lot of i think there's competition going on meaning there's the the sun and uh cell towers and you know uh radio stations and you name it we're mm -hmm. completely immersed in um radio frequency right so yeah. it you know, stands a reason. Um, you saturate something just like with a photo, you saturate an area with a light, it bleaches it out. Mm -hmm. Certain artifacts become hidden. So the same thing can be said on this level that, um, it, it, um, you know, it interferes with the, the, um, our receptors and, and again, that's, that's living and, dead our receptors are not able to uh be heard or hear um as a result of all this uh as as you called it pollution um and so i i always find it fascinating like uh you think back to um oh man i'm i'm totally drawing a blank uh, was it was it Friedrich uh, Jurgensen or Jurk Jurich or something like that um who was um he was uh, one that discovered EVP. Right. So yeah. uh, he was recording bird songs mm -hmm. and believed he captured his mother's voice 
um, speaking back to him. So here's an era where there's very little, if any, um, you know, radio frequency involved. And we've got EVP. And then, you know, um, well, it wouldn't be, maybe it was EVP. I'm not entirely sure there. But, you know, at, at the point I'm trying to make is if, if it's around and it can be heard, you know, we got to figure out a way to, to listen to it. However, we're up against um, a huge feat in front of us with all that's out there just constantly as every day goes by, something else is um, being transmitted or broadcasted across frequencies. And it's just really muddied the waters for us. And maybe this is why, um, you know, even folks who are able to commune and have those abilities are not able to uh, get as clear of answers. And Karen, you know, mm-hmm. you might be able to chime in on this too. Do you feel like it's it's hard for you to be able to oh, hear? Yes. <laughs> Do you feel like it's something though that's there that's um, man-made or or? That's that's, that's, that's interfering. Yeah. That, you know, I've never really considered it. Um, uh, you know, it was much clearer when I was a young child, I'll tell you that. Um, but I just have always thought and assumed that was because I was a young child and I hadn't uh, sort of developed all of the skepticism and the, you know, the, the ego chatter and the, the needing to overthink everything. I was a kid. When you're a kid, you know, you believe in Santa Claus. Sure. So, so it's Child much like easier. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, so it was much easier when I was a child. Um, and then, like I say, I, I, I shut it off for 20 years because I just didn't want to deal with it. And when I started working with it again, it was very different. Um, and sometimes it's clear as a bell. Like, for instance, I'll tell you, I was doing a walkthrough of a client's house and, um, I had been reading a lot of different things and the client said, can you tell me about my dad? And it was very um, muddled, very quiet, very difficult to hear. Mm-hmm. And I, he had an urn that had his dad, some of his dad's ashes in it sitting on the shelf. And I'd already discovered that because, of course, I was drawn immediately to that spot in the house. You know, like a, the, whoop, I was there. And right. so I just said, can I, can I hold this? And um, I picked that up. And it was like somebody had tuned in a radio signal, and I, I mean, the, the dude was talking to me, as opposed to just these kind of little snippets and symbols and everything. He was talking to me. So, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's, it's so hard for us to, like, um, you know, know where some of this stuff is coming from. Yeah. It, it makes it so difficult, and I wish in many ways, like, some of the, the places I, I hope to come across someday is where I'm like down in the bowels of a building that's completely, uh, I'm, I'm encased in concrete or something like, you know, there's no yeah. way radio frequency. I could turn like on Faraday a radio cage or even, yeah, yeah. I mean, essentially, yeah, a yeah. Faraday cage and, and nothing's coming in, no ingress yeah. or egress of um, radio frequency at all. And then start conducting some of this uh, studies with, uh, the equipment we use to see what happens, especially if it's a very well-known haunted location. But I'd like to also do it with a location that doesn't have any to see what happens. Yeah. The problem with that is, say, a guy like me, right, um, if I were to hold that investigation, I wouldn't know if a spirit decided to join me or not. 
because I also believe that they're kind of free will. They can go about and do about as they please. So I'd have to have somebody who could sense them, you know, on that level um, right. to to tell me. Like, uh, I loved how uh, I think William or no, 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 uh, Michael worded it about William in one of our experiments. He said, you know, William would act as a paranormal bouncer. Um, and it would yeah. be nice to know if you got spirits inter interfering when, you know, like, you know, the rest of us are trying to project an image. Yes. So that way people like Ellen and William can pick that up and sense it, you know. And Yeah. Yeah. True. It makes a lot of sense. Well, I think it's great that you guys are, are doing these things. And I've, you know, I've read some of, of the stuff that Michael has put out there with, and he hasn't. He hasn't published the results of a lot of his experiments, but you can find it on his website, which um, I, it's, is it just PRI.com or PRI.org or something like that? It's PRI, I think, dash WA, W-A. Okay. Dot com is what I believe it is. Yeah. Michael's in the chat room. If he hears this, he can, he can put it in the chat too and we'll, yeah. say, but he, he actually, um, I think that the design is, some of the best I've seen as far as what, you know, the lay people are trying to do in the paranormal field, because really that's what we are. We're, we're not scientists. Um, well, but, and, go ahead. and you know, if I may, um, I think it's just equally as important. It's great. Like Casey um, brought this up. Sometimes we, we focus so hard on the research that we, we forget to investigate the phenomena at hand. Right. So I think the same yeah. thing could be said about, we can focus so hard about taking a scientific approach that sometimes yes. we, we forget to go back to basics. Now, yeah, for me, basics can mean a lot of things. Um, yeah. And one of the things, you know, uh, I feel is, is very dire and important is common sense and ethics um, about sure. how you do it. You know, yeah. there's so many groups you could peruse uh, the social media websites out there like Facebook and find all these investigation groups out there or quote unquote ghost hunters. Um, and Karen, you know, my feelings on that, but, um, yes. you, you know, um, there, you see 90% of their photos are like cemeteries in the middle of the night. Right. Don't get me wrong. Most of us investigate, you know, supernatural phenomena in the wee, wee hours of the night. And I've done some studies on that and it seems to back a larger percentage of those occurrences happening. And I think that goes back to what we talked about competition. There's less competition in the middle of the night uh, with those, but without digressing on that piece um, it's that the likelihood of those folks being in a cemetery in the middle of the night and having some kind of legal written permission to be there is very, very doubtful. Yeah. And so yeah. the fact that they're doing that is illegal and uh, something I wouldn't condone. Then you got, you know, folks who um, are, are probably thrill seeking and then they get caught and then they claim that they're, uh, you know, ghost hunters or, you know, paranormal investigators or whatever. And Back then off, they, man, I'm a scientist. You know? <laughs> exactly. You know, they screw up for the rest of us that are legitimately trying to take the right channels, yeah. you know, um, right. and, and yeah, get answers and, and further the research in a positive direction. So it's, it's about using your common sense. And I think that's really, really, uh, 
important to start off psychologically. Your psyche has to be set in that mode because if you're doing this to, to get a thrill and you're like, um, you know, I love my brother, John, love him to death. And originally when I thought about doing this back in 2007, uh, him and I were both, you know, just, um, very captivated by the shows and, um, the difference between John and I was John has this very uh, almost biker looking, you know, uh, thing going on, but he'd be the guy that'd scream at the, you know, the top of his lungs like a girl and run out of there and emits it. <laughs> so, you know, I give him the credit that he emits it. However, I was like, dude, I am not doing this with you. There's no way in hell I'm going to look my client in the face when you go running and screaming and saying, we're legitimate, I swear. We're professional. Yeah, right. Yeah. We're not scared. You know, you have nothing to be worried about. And don't so, be afraid. Right. <laughs> and and so, you know, um you you have to um you know, be respectful and and mindful of everything that you do in this field. And I think so many people just do it as a, a bucket list item or, I or agree. you know, because they're thrill seekers, you know, one week and they're bungee jumping, the next week and they're ghost hunting. Or because they want to be on TV. Or, okay. And, and that's, that's uh, a huge another dynamic at play is that folks, um, you know, are – wanting to seek fame and, and everything. And it just, it, they don't really care. They have no regard for, for the people that it affects, yeah. uh, that are trying to legitimately be in this field and the people that it affects that are, um, uh, I, I don't, I mean, I guess victim is a okay word to use here, but you know, just our products of, of the phenomena at hand as well. Well, yeah, you. I, I don't know if it was you or Jay who made the point um, in our panel, but you have to be very careful what you say to people who are scared. Mm-hmm. Because what you say could make them worse. It, I mean, this is their life. Right. Well, you know, you it's know? like... I. You know, I've, I've said this on the show before, but I won't name names. There are certain individuals on TV that I would never even dream of taking on an actual investigation because I feel that they would scare my client more than you know anything else by telling well, them. Right. Sure. Demon like in your you house. never want to mention the word demon to a client, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, no, that that's that's good that we bring that up too because like, um realistically right we can't escape it many clients are going to bring it up they're going to say yeah i think there's a demon going on because i smell something that smelled like a fart and um and burning <laughs> it probably was and it's just it like, your lay dog. Off, yeah yeah lay off the taco bell or something yeah however and i'm not dismissing their fear here no no but what i'm what i'm saying is um people do like we talked about in the panel they do abuse the word demon oh. um and it's our job as researchers to help educate them. Yes. And so there we have to have that conversation with them. We have to uh, be knowledgeable enough. I, I'm not saying you have to be a demonologist here, okay? But I'm just saying you have to have some, you know, um, some understanding of how to differentiate. You know, just like the argument people come up with saying, you know, poltergeists are demons. And I'm like, what? Um, and, what? And it just the hair actually, just rose up on the back of my neck when oh, oh, I hate that so much. Poltergeists are usually from human agents, but anyway. Yeah, well, anyways, and that's but. that's what our 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 uh, you know what last 
two, three decades of research are starting to help us understand that there yeah. seems to be that uh, correlation there. However, you still run into people and groups out there that will say poltergeists are demons. And it's just like, I'm sorry. Um, I don't know where you got that information from, but that's really not at all. If you're really researching this field, then you should know better. Right. And and so that's what I'm getting is like, you know, at least have a decent amount of understanding and knowledge in this field to know silly things like that, that, that right. you know, are like um, greenhorn mistakes. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, so that being said, and I absolutely agree with what you're saying. Um, so say I'm a new investigator and I'm really gung ho to do this. Where would you recommend that I go to? educate myself um, so that I can deal with clients in a, in a knowledgeable way. Okay. Um, uh, books are a great um, resource. I'm not one to like sit and read a book from front to back. I think probably because I have undiagnosed ADD or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, doesn't matter. Uh, but I do peruse through books. I, I, you know, I'll open them up. I'll, I'll actually like try to uh, search through a book and find a topic um, for the reason why I even bought the book, you know, to uh, uh, read on. Now, that's one thing to do. Um, another thing I've always uh, been very, um, uh, I guess, a big advocate of is uh, back when I was in high school, I was a huge basketball player. And one of the things I was told was, um, in order to be a better player, play with the best. Yes. You're going to get your ass handed to you so many times, but if you're if you have the drive and, and you know some competitiveness to you, you're going to learn. Now, mm-hmm. most of that will apply to what I'm going to say is is that have that conversation, that philosophical or even pragmatic, you know, conversation with your colleagues, and raise your game. Don't be just um, Talking amongst uh, buddies, um, taking bong rips, and you know, uh, <laughs> and and you know, just totally, um, you know, just playing with uh, silly uh, topics. You know, up that and and sit down and have that dialogue with folks um, who are more educated than you that you look up and admire. You know, have that. Um, yeah. I still do that, and I will continue to do that because I do not. Feel, um, um, you know, I'm a master of this, nor will I ever be. It's just right. a matter of, you know, continually trying to push myself to be a better researcher, you know, and, sure. and that's, that's what it's about is just, uh, you know, raising the bar personally and yep. professionally and, and, um, you know, keep striving to learn more. Um, Absolutely. there's no sure. real perfect place to go to if you're a beginning investigator to learn the ropes and and to do it i remember i think i bought um oh gosh what's his name uh so you want to be a ghost hunter or something like that i can't remember yeah like troy taylor or something something like that and it was a book and i i read it and i extrapolated the the data i felt like was necessary in the same right. way i did like yeah. ghost hunters sure. most people watch ghost hunters for uh entertainment and kind of to be that that uh armchair jockey uh you know ghost hunter right 
I wasn't doing that. I was studying them. I was like looking at the equipment they were using. I was researching it after the show was over. I was thinking about their techniques and, and their, their thoughts. And, and though, yeah, you can criticize one person for their technique and, and, and its application. Um, you know, you'd be silly to say that that's right or wrong. Meaning, um, I think I brought this up in, Either the panel or the podcast, forgive me, that was a really blurry weekend for me. Yeah, you were uh, busy. And, um, but, uh, people who say provocation, uh, they talk about this, this clear cut provo- uh, what definition is. I've sat amongst many, uh, groups and, and peers, and I can't tell you how many people default to Zach Baggins oh, in his early career saying, that's, that's not mm. okay when you provoke and I'm saying, but I can provoke in other ways. They're like, then you're doing it wrong. I'm like, well, l- <laughs> let me give you this example. Then wrap your mind around this. Uh, and it's my favorite one to use is, um, Henry, he's your neighbor, but he doesn't like talking to you because he's the hermit and he's very antisocial and mm-hmm. he's in his eighties and he's chain smokes and he gets pissed every time Avon shows up at his door to sell him something or the local church stops by to give him a flyer. He doesn't want anybody to, to interact with him. He wants to be left alone. He, you know, Henry dies. Then fast forward, doesn't matter how much time somebody else occupies that place. Henry's spirits now there. And then they start having encounters because Henry's a grouchy old fart. Right now. They contact the local paranormal group. That paranormal group comes out under the guise that, and the premise and the belief and the, you know, the arrogance, really, that you cannot come in there demanding and saying things and calling names or whatever. And I'm not saying this is how people should, should conduct right out of the box. I'm just saying, Let's say they're, they're completely say we go nice as pie about everything. So they're there, they're investigating and they're completely nice and everything. And their argument to their peers is yes, we do this because we don't want to leave our clients in the wake of an angry spirit when we leave. So they're nice as pie. They leave and shit hits the fan. Henry's pissed. Yep. Henry's pissed because he didn't care how nice you were. You were in his space and you right. were asking him questions. Right. And now he's all sorts of riled up. And yep. now he's like, all right, you want to do this? I'm going to start tossing dishes around or I'm going to yank curtains off or, yep. or you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I know I might be over glorifying that, but what I'm getting at is you inadvertently can still upset a spirit and you inadvertently can still be provoking. Absolutely. And therefore... You are, pro, you know, using provocation. Doesn't sure. mean you meant to do it. It just means you still did do it. You know, right. we do that in the court of law. They say, well, it doesn't matter if you realize you were doing it or not. It yes. was what it was. Yes. So the Absolutely. same is applied here. And mm-hmm. so that's why I'm like trying to help people think about this. Think outside of what you're being taught on TV, because what you're being taught on TV really is a distorted view of what is really uh, to be included or encompassed in what we do. Okay, so I think that's a perfect place to move on to our last little segment, which we call our Shameless Self-Promotion Corner, which I'm sure you know what that means. Where can people find you? Well, um, uh, 
you can find me on my website, of course. Um, that's asep.org, but it's a hyphen sep.org. Um, I have a Facebook page as well, and uh, that one's um, you know www.facebook.com uh, forward slash asep.org, so asep.org. And then I have uh, my Twitter account is ASEP underscore tweet, or it might even be ASEP.org. Hold on. Let me check that real fast. Um, the other place, uh, I have my own radio show as well. Um, and uh, that's um, kind of a long um, hyperlink. But um, at any rate, um, uh, I told you right the first time for the record, it is ASEP underscore tweet. For my okay. Twitter account. Okay. And then ASAP Radio is on my WordPress website. Um, that's asaporg.wordpress.com forward slash A hyphen S hyphen E hyphen P hyphen radio. So, or Google or Google ASAP Radio. There you go. And Ben's name. So also, real quickly, Michael confirmed it is PRI dash wa wa dot com right for his so you were right so ben this has been an absolute pleasure you will Thank have you, to ben. come on again soon because Thank i feel you. like we just barely scratched the services by really quickly yeah i i um i think we could talk for hours on end and i'd love to um be back and and uh you know talk about other stuff and by then maybe i'll even be more uh, involved in some other things that will even just uh, branch off into deeper, better conversations. Fantastic. You can plan Great. on it, and I'll look forward to uh, seeing you when we, we do the museum here within a month or so. So, very cool. I look forward to that. Thank you. And all thanks right. a lot for, for seriously, uh, all your guys' uh, efforts at, at um, you know, just bringing folks on like myself to – to have this kind of conversation and, and all your hard work, including Cheryl. Yeah, Cheryl's the yeah, best, Cheryl's, isn't she? She is. All right, guys. So that is Ben Robison. Ben, thank you so much. Have Thanks, a good ben. night. Thank you. Okay. Hey, Cheryl. Well, thank you. <laughs> hey, so, well, we, we say nice things about you. People don't realize that, but we do. You know, we usually try on the air to just say bad things about you, but... <laughs> Oh, I think we stopped is, to win that. The truth is, is that we love Cheryl, and she works hard for us. Oh, um, and without her, there would you. be no show. So there you go. <laughs> um, Chuck, who does he have as a guest? I don't know. For Chuck has, and I may Ooh. be just a little bit biased. The best mm-hmm. guest in oh, history. Is it Chad? <laughs> I'm on again. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's Chad. No, I was on a couple weeks ago. (laughs) Right, right, right. Um, Yeah, he's got Chad Wilson on. Chad, of course, is our our beloved publisher of Paranormal Underground magazine. And also our chat room cop for Paranormal Underground Radio. He is. Yeah, he's chat room cop. So if you guys want to hear chat room cop speak, stick around after this program for In the Dark Radio with our good friend Chucky G. Um, And I also want to remind you guys that coming in May, which is coming very, very soon, we are going to be changing the times. We'll still be here at 6 6 p.m. Pacific, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern, other times flyover states. But we will Mm -hmm. be ending our show a half an hour early. 
we will be going from 6 to 7.30 so that our good friend Chucky G can have a half hour longer because he gets great guests on his show and he deserves an hour and a half too. So that will be starting in May. And then in June, I'd also like to remind everybody that we are taking a hiatus after, oh gosh, so four years? Four years. Yeah. Four years for this show and Mm -hmm. for the podcast was like another year before that. So after five years, we're taking a month off. But <laughs> just kidding. You know what? You know what? Though I mean, no, it's, no. it's 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 good though because it'll give us a chance to recharge our our batteries yes, for the yes. show. And here's the really good part: we have had so many fantastic shows that mm-hmm. you're going to get to hear some classic paranormal underground radio. So if you missed, you know, or if there's a show that you really enjoyed, email Cheryl, editor at paranormalunderground.net. Email her and let her know who you'd like to hear in those those few weeks that we're off in June, for the four weeks of June, and we'll get that done. Also, um, in the magazine, real quick, because I know we only have just a few minutes left, we are, Cheryl announced two new columns. Um, I remember mine, which is metaphysics and energy healing, and I'm sorry, I can't remember the other one, Cheryl. The other new column that will premiere in our next issue which is May 2014, <laughs> is Jill Marie Morris's column called uh, Hollywood Ever After. And I'm right, sure you can guess so what, cool. the, yeah, what that's about. Cool. So Even haunted spots in Hollywood. It still sounds cool. Yeah, and, and also, also um, you go ahead. the dream interpretation. That's what I was just going to say. Okay, so how would you like people to, to do this since you're, you know, mm-hmm. you're the boss and I'm just the person who interpretates? Well, I know it's not <laughs> a good word. Interpretate? That's I, just I, irregardless. Right, irregardless, right, right. I interpretate. Yes, um, right. No. Please. Anyway, Cheryl, please continue. Email me at editor at paranormalunderground.net. I'm getting to that. They okay, need to sorry. email me. Their dreams. Email me your dreams. What What are you dreaming about? About that you just can't make sense of? Because Karen, as a sidebar to her new metaphysics column, is going to discuss dream interpretation, and we're super excited about this because we've been wanting to do this column forever, and now Karen. It's and going so to be doing even it. if it's like if you have a recurring dream, mm-hmm. if you just have a symbol that pops up in a dream a lot, any of those things, mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't have to be a full dream. And here's the other thing. We can make you anonymous because I know sometimes your dreams sound really whack and very personal. Yeah. So you, we, if you want us to not say who you are, we absolutely will not. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I'm, yeah. yeah. I'm excited to get started. So please email editor at paranormalunderground.net. With with whatever you want, Karen, to and and, and what you what you say, interpretate, interpretate. yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> right, right, All and, right, and yeah, please week, do that. Uh, now we only have three minutes left. Next week on the show, we have. Where's my show list? Here it is. Next week, April 24th, Peter James Haviland, president and lead investigator of Lone Star Spirits, and he's also an advanced certified clinical hypnotherapist. Oh yeah. right! I is this is that the week? I'm am I off next week? You better not be. I think, well, Tanner has a concert <laughs> no, coming. No, first up, week right? of May, you're off. Okay. That's what's on my list anyway. All right, that must be then. Okay, yeah, I just looked at my thing. So anyway, yep. there you go. Um, thanks to Ben. Thank you, for Ben. Getting on that was fascinating. Great stuff. Seriously, great Cheryl, stuff. I'd like to have him back. Yes, I I hope he'll come back. Yes, definitely. And, also, um, stick around for Chuck's show, and of course, remember last week was 
premiere week on Hazy Radio. Mm-hmm. Some great new programs. So check out some of the programming on Hazy as well. Yeah. And uh, can, anything else? Yeah. Um, if our listeners would like to go check out Paranormal Underground magazine, they can do that on their mobile devices on Apple, Apple Newsstand, or on uh, Google Play. And yeah, they can also go to our website, out, right? ParanormalUnderground.net. There is a new issue out. It's our April issue. It may not be on the mobile devices until later this week, but it's up on the website as of uh, the other day. There you go. And it's, of course, chock full of paranormal goodness. It what is. is it that Rick used to say that you could eat with a spoon? You eat with a spoon. Par- paranormal de- deliciousness or something like that. <laughs> all right. So uh, did we do it all? Did we, we get did it, it all in? We did. Yes. We're Yay. so good. Yeah. All right. So, guys, stick around. Listen to Chucky G because, you know, our fearless, our fearless chat room caught. Chad will be on Chuck's show. I think Chad and causes more trouble than he actually polices in the chat. Yeah, well, I know, but you know, he distracts people that yeah. listen to us. But <laughs> anyway, that's beside the point. Yeah. Stick around, listen to Chad on Chuck's show, or just go in the chat room and distract people from listening to whatever there you, you go. And um, come back next week, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, other times in the flyover states. Thank you so much for listening to Paranormal Underground Radio on Hazy Radio. You all have a good night. Good night. If you'd like to be a guest on Paranormal Underground Radio, email editor at paranormalunderground.net. Until next time, keep exploring the unexplained at paranormalunderground.net. Please join us next week for Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network.